So today I spoke with Julia and we got into all things mental health. And Julia is a mental health first aider. And she explains what this means, what she does, and how it can be of great help to other people. Uh, with some real practical tips and insights into knowing and understanding your own mental health. I really enjoyed talking to her. I hope you enjoy listening. Thank you. Good afternoon. Welcome to the David Watson podcast. How are you? I'm very well. It's lovely to meet you, David. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. And um, how was Poulton's Park? Um, Poulton's Park was actually an awful lot better than I was expecting. Which, uh, <laughs> is, I was expecting to have long queues, lots of stress, um, a huge amount of clashing plastic um, and the constant, you know, quick buy this or get another one of these. Um, and then actually... The queues were quite small. Um, there were lots of green spaces and pretty things to stand and stare at whilst I was waiting for children who were getting increasingly overexcited. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. It was great. I got to go on some roller coasters. My oldest child decided he'd have a go. Um, and we, we went on the ride of the pterosaur. Um, and it's awesome because I like a roller coaster. So. <laughs> I haven't been on a roller coaster for years. Yeah, I have to admit, I was, you, you, you lose the kind of swing about. I quite literally came off feeling a bit, a bit sick. The adrenaline was amazing. I was like, ah, this is what I used to do it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't what think. What I don't think I've been, I think it's about 98, 97, 98. The last one I can remember going on is the Nemesis at Alton Towers when it first came out. Okay, well, that's the one the, the one we went on yesterday. It's the same sort of thing where you hang below. And yeah. it was that unnerving moment where I was like, great, I've taken my child on his first big roller coaster and I've done it with no floor or structure around him, which really is the most unnerving. <laughs> so, he, screamed, he screamed a little bit um, out of, you know, because I'd said, you know, let the energy out, so scream it out. Just, you know, if you're feeling a bit tense, just scream. Um, and there was absolute silence. And then I squeezed his hand and then he went for it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Few comments. Okay. How, how many times did you go on it? Um, once at the beginning, once at the end. And I did a total mummy fail in so much as my littlest, it was his birthday. And we promised him we'd go to the splash bath because the wind's been so cold. We left that till right at the end. Yeah. And we didn't realise that actually when it says closes at six, they closed the splash park at half five. So we arrived there. He oh. got into his trunks, ran out, water went off. So, oh. yeah. And champion champion parenting time. right there <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well very awkward text from the husband going uh we have failed massively with the first big girls what can oh. you do what can you do sir yeah but 150 pound mistake because we now need to go again <laughs> <laughs> oh dear live and learn every day is a school day yeah I, that's exactly it isn't it yeah. and really it's a bonus isn't it because he, he's disappointed, but when you go again, he's going to be like, Actually, it's not too bad, is it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. We can pretend it's my birthday again, Mum. Yeah. yeah. So we'll probably leave it till his brother's birthday, and then and then there'll be yeah. all sorts of trouble, because he'll want to be in charge of what rides we go on. I have to give a gentle reminder of the yeah. <laughs> big fail of <laughs> parenting on this one. <laughs> but, um, but do you know what? We're, we're, we're incredibly fortunate. We get to go to Fulton's Park on our yeah. weekends. During That's good. The of a so That's it's, good. Um, yeah, life's pretty good. <laughs> so one of the things that we are going to talk about, which is probably 
I don't see how under the current circumstances this isn't going to be a prominent theme for many years to come. Because you, I know you via Lindsay, who, um, and you, is it mental health first aid? Yeah, so I, I initially became a mental health first aider um, several years ago, just because my circumstances meant that I found myself in situations where um, I wanted to help people and wasn't quite sure how to. <clears throat> and um, then the guy who's training me uh, is um, ex-military, knows a bit about military life. I'm a wife of military um, and said, actually, this is something that you might might enjoy. You, you know, got the skill set for it and you're obviously really enthusiastic. Um, I'd love to have gone into counselling, but I haven't got four years and 40 grand to train. So um, I started off as an instructor and actually I'm, I'm really enjoying it. It's incredibly satisfying and rewarding. Um, I think it's just a life skill most people, because most people know what physical first aid is, how to, you know, what is the CPR, the, the idea of stemming blood flow, of, you know, when to raise feet or a, a, an injured limb and when not to. Um, but when you talk to them about mental health first aid, you can see them having a sort of slight panic of, that sounds like something I should understand. No, no real idea of what that means. And it's the same idea that you, you are with someone in the immediate term, um, maybe in the longer term, but um, generally in the short term, where, whereby, you know, maybe they're, they're struggling with um, depression or experiencing an anxiety attack or uh, psychosis or having some really, really dark thoughts and, and what to do to just be with that person and help them and then, and then guide them to sort of safer, better place and sort of um, signpost them to for more information. So um, it's an absolute privilege to, to be in the position to help people and, and the, so the way I train is very much about actually delivering hope because you can imagine it's a two-day course, the, the, the first aid of course, and if you were simply to spend your time talking about depression, anxiety, suicide, yeah. um, psychosis, you know, <laughs> it doesn't sound like a happy, happy two days. Um, but we have a lot of laughter, um, a lot of shared experiences, and it is about that sort of, you know, this is amazing, we're doing something incredible. And we all, we all have mental health, we all have bad ideas, you know, bad days and um, sort of worry worry about things and it's it's about sort of understanding yourself better looking after yourself better and then feeling strong and comfortable to be with other people so that's what i do and i love it because that's and, a, a valid point isn't it is we all do have bad times bad days but it's sometimes how that escalates into more than a few days or into a few weeks or a couple of months and it's not always but typically from my own experience is it was never one or two things. It was an accumulation of things that kind of came a little too rapidly, perhaps before I'd gotten over what was troubling me in the first place. And you kind of get this compound interest effect where you, you, you're just starting to feel lower and lower and lower. And then you kind of get to a point where biomechanically you're just too low that trying to snap out of it, lift yourself up just doesn't work anymore. And you, you kind of sometimes that can be you need to go and see a doctor or you know you need to go and see a therapist a counselor whatever and do something very proactive to help you make an adjustment and sort of realign your thinking absolutely and it's one of the cruel things that actually when we're getting at that stage where we're lower and lower and lower we have less and less energy and less and less ability to see beyond it to actually realize that we need to need to be that proactive um, and that's where having a, a first aid is so helpful because they can be the ones that can step in and say i can i can see things are really difficult for you 
let me be the one to help you make that call or you know or you know depending on where you're in because but for some people they're just simply getting out of bed becomes such a monumental struggle um and and it is a herculean effort for them to turn up at the office and and, and they they they've already achieved so much before they've even started work um and actually you know that that's that's often not seen and not recognized and, and covered up um because they're desperately trying to keep going but Philosopher, what you're referring to there, we, we refer to it as the, it used to be the stress bucket, but it's now known as a stress container. Now, Alistair Campbell did a um, programme a couple of years ago with um, BBC, where he talked about depression, and, and that was one thing he went, I get that, I really understand that. We have this sort of container, which can be quite big, depending on how, how you know, supportive our life has been up to that date, or a really tough sort of childhood, can be quite small, um, and all those stresses keep coming in and in and in, and it sort of, it just gets to the stage where, and it does sort of feel, so I think we've all had moments where you're just like, surely nothing else can go wrong yeah. than something else. It might just be that, you know, the car breaks down or um, the MOT bill comes back and it's twice as big as you thought it would be, but it's just one more thing that you yeah. just... ...makes a proverbial back, but... Um, yeah, but yeah. that's it, isn't it? It's, it is the, the cliche of the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, yeah. the, the irony always with cliches is we don't quite understand what that means and it's just like look it's that simple the, the camera yeah. was carrying a ton mm. but one yeah. piece of straw was one piece too much and that's what it is for all of us is that when these moments come it's 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 just like a the rain pour effect it just and like you say you have that container and regardless of who you are or how strong mentally or physically you are there is a limit to whatever your container can take and you made a really good good point that when you're in this kind of process the irony the sad fact of it is you lose energy when you're feeling happy and positive you have energy to burn but the more low you start to feel the more depressed or down you start to feel the less your body is able physically or mentally to generate the energy you need to actually climb out of the hole yeah and rather awfully that's where we find ourselves doing all the things that don't really help you know we, we start to look to stay home a bit more to just you know collapse on the sofa we can't be bothered to cook so we tend to eat more more foods that actually have less properties that are going to you know give us that nutrition that we need and then it starts to become a downward cycle and what has been so heartbreaking is that everything that makes it worse has happened in the last year whereby yeah it's normally you know a friend that would run into you and go you're you're right you know and come on well, well you know come come around to mine for a coffee later and eat that sort of natural conversation that might be able to you know to realize that it's it's going to your game um often to be more financially stressful more family members are around than they're normally used to and, and you get increasingly penned in um, and I think the second lockdown um, has been particularly hard because it has felt you know it's been the depths of winter um, and it's all felt a little less like there's light at the end of the tunnel the vaccine's been really helpful but you know there, there's rumors of a potential third and no we're not getting rid of masks and you know it does just sort of feel a bit like are we ever going to get there I mean if, if you wanted from say two years ago if you would have said to somebody, I want you to write a horror story based on the perspective of somebody with mental health. So that if we're going to do it like a mental health type story, 
that wouldn't affect maybe normal people. How would we play this? They'd like, right, we'll have a plague that makes you paranoid. We'll make everyone stay at home. And if you are allowed out, you have to wear a mask. But we're going to shut yeah. off all social events, social places. So it's only essentials. And you're not going to let anybody have interaction with each other outside their own immediate household. And everybody would laugh and say, no, no, nobody would believe it. <laughs> Here we yeah, are. Absolutely. Happy anniversary, everybody. <laughs> oh, you just it's heartbreaking. I mean, for those of us who, who are in a good mental place, you know, yeah. it's, it's been tough enough. But for anyone who, who was struggling to begin with, just. And, that, and that's it. If for anyone with mental health or were maybe not aware that they, they had, had mental health concerns, this would have brought all of it right up to the top. Absolutely. And normally all those services that you'd refer them to, to ask for support, you know, they're all backed up. So you, you have individuals who are not sure how they're going to get through today um, and the ability for them to uh, receive the, the counselling, the support, the, you know, the doctor's appointments, all of that has, has just got so much harder to come by. Um, and again, you know, it's so much more important that they have people alongside them that can um, come and come and listen, come and support, come and understand, come and not have opinion, just 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 be with them and, and um, tell them it's going to be all right to ask them questions about it, you know, let them talk about it. And just so hard to do that through a Zoom call, you know. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because but that's... One of probably one of the most important things about mental health, isn't it, is letting somebody know that one, they're not alone, and two, that somebody actually cares about them. You know, yeah, it's absolutely, the, the foundation of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, we've been lucky. MHFA England have, have converted the courses to be online courses, so I've been able to carry on teaching. But actually, it's a huge difference from being you know on on screen just simply doing a you know a, a chat with someone um to being in a classroom and even then you know i wasn't obviously dealing in a therapy session this was was people who were learning a skill um but even then you could you could sense in a room if there was a sudden change in atmosphere if someone was struggling a bit if someone you know had suddenly grown somewhat more tense had stopped interacting as much and that was just in you know a classroom discussion and a learning environment you you know when a friend of yours suddenly goes quiet or you know and, and that's so much of it that that sort of level of communication we all know is is so much about body language and what isn't said and that you just can't pick up on a occasionally there's a longer a longer pause on a phone call or you can hear someone start to cry but you know unless it's really clear it's really difficult to know that you need to reach out to that person and sort of say so yes i mean you, a lot of there's so much stigma still around mental health that a lot of people really struggle to be able to say actually I'm I don't 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 know what you know I don't know how to do this and I, I think there is something that I need to deal with and often actually when we're in a lower point we're just like you know we will be fine we just you know we tell ourselves the the good old English mantra it's all fine we'll carry on you know I'm fine I'm fine I'm fine um and we just just carry on thinking We'll get through this and not actually realizing that we're in quite a difficult place and it could be easier if we did stop and talk to people about it how um, much you, how much of it do you think is because there's either a stigma about mental health uh, because there's been a lot of work in recent years um, in developing understanding of mental health but yeah. the other issue being that 
is it the stigma or that you don't kind of have an A and E mental health? So, and by that, what I mean is, like, um, at the beginning of yeah, about, it was about a year ago, I sliced my leg wide open right, on a roofing sheet, and it's okay. I just went to A and E. I knew exactly what to do, where to go, what to do, and everything. Because somewhere through my life, as I was growing up, I was trained that if I have a physical medical emergency, this is what I need to do. Yeah. But none of us have that training, A, what to do if we're experiencing mental health problems and where to go, who to see, but also how do we recognise if we're having mental health problems? Yeah, I mean, there are various, there are various points that actually that, that triggers my, my mind. So firstly, um, there has been a lot um, that has been done about sort of recognising mental health as an issue. Sometimes you get the impression that people are almost saying it just to sort of, you know, like, you know, it's yeah. all right, mental health, <laughs> we, we, we've mentioned it, um, but don't fully appreciate it or understand really the implications or actually the, the importance of language um, around, just around everyone, you know, that's sort of, comments about someone being a, a bit of a nut job is just really really unhelpful undermining language and yet it still happens um and that sort of derogatory kind of terminology uh there's also self-stigma um with a yeah. lot of people you know we everyone else is coping I'm, I'm why can't i you know and it's just um a lot of friend of mine you know have small children you know there, there's that sort of need to be able to get back to work to be a competent mother to be able to do everything um, and you know, for, for fathers as well, you know, they're in this position of okay, it doesn't really matter. Whatever your situation is, there's there's that sort yeah. of sense everyone else is managing. I must, you know. Um, and actually, that's a huge burden we all carry because the truth is, none of none of us are managing all of the time. Um, we all manage a lot, but let's face it, technology was supposed to make life easier, and instead we do twenty four seven as opposed to um, a nine to five to five. Um, it's lovely to have that communication but it's it's a huge burden on our lives as well um and it is it's very tricky um for people to know when to say i think often in hindsight you realize gosh i, I hadn't appreciate what a bad patch i was going through there um you know that how much i was drinking or how much i had isolated myself or how much um you know my habits had changed or you know how, how angry i've become whatever those features you know maybe in hindsight when you're you found a, a way out um you look back and gosh that that was it's a pity i didn't take yeah. the necessary steps i could have made it a lot easier for myself um you know maybe protected my body more from not drinking or whatever it is you're doing to cope um and actually be much um, easier on the people around me um, but as you say, there's there's no sort of obvious A and E um, for mental health, and there are lots of different ways of approaching that, um, sort of formal counselling and, and support from. Because actually, sometimes mental mental health issues are, are triggered by physical issues, um, so a really good starting point is just going to your doctors. Um, you can get an appointment, but yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah. it's harder now. But um, a lot of them are incredibly good and have adapted a lot, and actually that's. If anyone out there is struggling with anything, please ring your doctor and be really honest and say, this is not normal for me. I, I'm worried. Um, well, I've actually just done the same thing recently. I, I had a conversation with my doctor just because I was just, I was like, I've been feeling flat for a while. 
And yeah. do, do you know what I mean? And I was just like, hang on. My, I know my, and so I, I guess I'm lucky as well because I do coach. So I'm having that insight as to, and I have a therapist as well. So shout out to Caroline Kavanagh. Um, where, lady. Yeah. And fantastic lady. And so I'm fortunate that I probably have uh, a more in-depth awareness of mental health. And actually, you were referring to counselling earlier. I actually do have from 17, 18 years ago, counselling qualification. That's how I kind of started out in some ways. Um, Brilliant. Uh, I, but I never did my hours, just to be clear on that. I passed my first exam and I said, oh, I'm not doing this now. Um, I went off and did something else. But I realised, like, hang on, my diet is good. I exercise almost every day. Why am I starting to feel a bit flat? So I rang my doctor, had my first round of blood tests, and my cortisol levels were low. So, and I've got my second blood test later in the week. So if they're still low, mm -hmm. there is a physical reason why I'm starting to feel tired and starting to feel a bit low. And it's nothing yeah. to do with anything going on in my life. But if yeah. I didn't have that awareness and I hadn't rang the doctor, made those appointments, it would have become, it well, it potentially could have become a serious mental health problem because of sure. a physical issue with my adrenal glands. Yeah, and and, and so, something you would have almost exacerbated by them worrying about it and going, I don't feel great. You know, maybe maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Yeah. Um, trying to change things in your life around, and you know, actually, so it is. I mean, the doctor's an essential sort of first port of call, aren't they? Right. Yeah. Let's because, get an MAT, make sure everything's working. <laughs> and, and that's actually what the the doctor and I discussed. It's like, no, you know, I'm 46 years old. And he was just like, you know, maybe maybe we'll just do a simple MOT and make sure everything's functioning correctly. Because if I hadn't done that, no matter how much good work I'd done, no matter how much Pinterest sunsets I'd saved and how many yeah. inspirational quotes or exercise yeah. or anything, it would have made no difference because yeah. it actually could be a physical reason which would have developed into a huge mental health problem 12 months 18 months down the line yes absolutely yeah. so I mean, and at the moment that's quite tough because lots of people don't want to burden the nhs with any more kind of you know interaction than they need to so um i've got a dodgy knee at the moment and so I'm, I'm putting off going going to the doctors about it despite the fact that i can't really get up the stairs just because I don't want to make a nuisance. I mean, how ridiculous is that? Just yeah. go to the doctors, get it sorted out, find out what it is, and then and then get on. Um, I'm I'm potentially making a bigger burden, but if I'm if I'm sort of faffing around with, you know, a dodgy mm. knee, when it comes to something even more vague that you you know can't see, can't quantify, it's more about feeling this, feeling that, yeah. um, and therefore just so um, airy um, to trying to describe to a doctor, people do feel really really hesitant and okay. sometimes actually you know you, you meet one doctor and you have a sort of maybe your personalities um, and or whatever they're having a bad day and they sort of you know oh you're fine you know it's just we're stuck at home too much or you know don't worry it'll be okay um but actually go back and get a second opinion from someone else because you you know you deserve to know what's yeah. wrong and you'll listen to because um, that's that's a really good point i mean because like you know you were saying about your knee you know it that's hurting and stuff like that is we all think mental not all but there is this idea that mental health problems stem from some form of mental illness or stress or so no no it can be for something physical that creates the the stress in the mind that creates which then develops and cultivates the um a mental health issue 
it's yeah, absolutely you know it's it can be a vicious circle the flip side of that of course is you could have a physical symptom that's developed from a mental health again um, yeah. issue or underlying concern that you have that you're not not look not looking at not you know and I, I love this concept of um you know, medicine actually working on a holistic basis where actually it looks at the physical and the mental together as a you know you as a complete person um i had a wonderful doctor once down in london um and i'd gone there and my, my hearing was just absolutely stuffed um and he, he he did all the sort of necessary tests and was just like do you know there's nothing wrong with your hearing have you moved to london recently i was like yeah he said and you know what, what do you do and i said well, work as an account manager for this big american firm and you know long hours and um first time sort of living away from family and i was like well not really i love lived you know all over the place and that didn't really worry me and he said i bet you just don't let it go let it go um don't worry about your ears anymore you're going to be absolutely fine you're you're absorbing stress you're worried and i think that's what's causing it and i'm I, having got that into my head that actually me who never saw myself as someone who creates some sort of you know this was yeah. I, could feel, I, could, I just couldn't hear right you know people come out i just didn't i could from that side it was of course it's a hearing issue um but actually after he sort of said just promise you just don't worry about it it's 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 fine I've always felt like I'm slightly more deaf on that side, but I think that is entirely now that I've convinced myself. The mind's incredibly powerful. Do you know, it, 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 you, as soon as you said that, that reminded me of when the, and this just sounds weird, I got the text message from the GP, and the GP was just like, oh, your cortisol levels are, are low. We need you to do more blood tests. And as soon as I got that, I felt better. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, I was just like, <laughs> it's like literally, I'm not going crazy. Yeah. It's I knew relief, that. Isn't it? someone accepts it and gives yeah. you some sort of guidance and actually that alone is a, is a therapy in itself. Um, yeah, 100% because I, I was just like, no, I'm right. There's something wasn't quite right with me. And having that confirmation from the doctor probably lifted me up yeah. by 20%. So I was, like, I was great. I'm ill. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> That's what it is. It's a relief, isn't it? And then actually you can, you can adapt and get on with life and, um, let go of the the anxiety that, that surrounds not understanding something especially about our own you know well-being and how we can cope with things well because the mystery can become quite frightening and problematic in itself yeah absolutely and i was developing this huge issue so i've not talked about this in years but i was developing this huge issue where um you know when whenever we went out i'd then get sort of slightly fretful but i won't be able to you know we're going to pub i won't be able to hear anyone i was like oh me rubbish and then of course i'd get there and you know and i probably couldn't hear anyone because it was a noisy pub but you know in my yeah. head i was just like I'm just missing the conversation is that you know i'm i'm still out of it and disconnected and it's um but also how much of it if if it was your first kind of time living in a city there was just a whole load of noises your your brain was just trying to shut out because it just was wasn't used to that that many different levels of noise because i remember when i first moved to london i i just the thing i still remember is sirens yeah i just just constant every didn't matter what time of day it was i could always it probably wasn't true but i always just felt like i, I just always could hear sirens didn't matter <laughs> where or when what time it was what day it was if i when i was in london just like well, I, i'm sure i can just hear sirens all that and i only really noticed it when i wasn't in london yeah and that's just like 
can't hear any silence. The absolute silence everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. And that must have been yeah, a real true. cognitive overload that I just just learnt, dealt with without kind of realising that I dealt with it. Oh. Mm. Hello? We might have an internet oh. connection problem here. Oh, yeah, there oh, you we are. we have the joys, the joys. I'm back. That's right. Um, I got a cognitive overload. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh, well, that, that's pretty much <laughs> where it cut out. I just said, yeah. Okay. Um, how much of it is it's just a cognitive overload, which again comes back to mental health. Mental health is typically some form of cognitive overload, yeah, you know, which absolutely. becomes biological in terms of levels of stress, cortisol levels, things like that, you know. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody... Um, if somebody wanted to, I'm just conscious of our time. If somebody wanted to reach out, how do they reach out to you? Um, in some, well, I have a website um, I set up on my own a few years ago under developmentaluk.co.uk. Yeah. Um, and um, I run regular courses. Um, I have to admit, we're in the midst of renovating a house at the moment so I've, I've actually put everything on the back burner because I've, I've become a part-time builder um <laughs> <laughs> to add to your stress i'm loving it um, that's good and actually this is what this is what actually when you were talking about the cognitive overload because actually what was even more curious about the whole incident is that i moved to london and i found it so exhilarating and so exciting um and i was overwhelmed it all felt very positive so yeah. even at the mental health um, sort of issue that was creating issues because to my mind I was in a great place having a wonderful fun time um, and the hearing issue to me seemed to come first and then I'd get stressed about the fact that I couldn't go out so it was interesting that all this was actually happening subconsciously and I think that's one of the you know sort of important matters with mental health first aid sort of stuff is um, you're coming alongside someone who might not acknowledge that they have an issue or that their behavior is changing or that they're stressed um, or even recognise what's happened to them that might be having that impact. And it's funny because I've, I've had conversations with people like, no, I'm fine. I don't, I just don't, you know, I'm just feeling a bit flat. And, and then you get talking and discover that actually they're trying to pay a quite a serious loan back and there's some issues in their relationship or they've fallen out with their mum. And, um, and they're just sort of like, you know, but that's, that's small fry stuff. And it's like, well, I don't think it is. Actually, you know, may, maybe sort of want to take it off as small fry because you've dealt with that before in different situations but not in this situation here today you know maybe actually you're more quietly run down than you normally be or more so what we might feel that we could take in our stride one day actually another day is is fairly insurmountable um and then obviously you have more chronic mental health issues where it's very apparent that there's there's quite a serious illness and my goodness those people just need so much kindness and support and um, yeah it's often seen as, you know, because actually this is one of the very sad things that until you become a first aider or, or have better knowledge of mental health, the inclination is to go, well, I don't understand that behaviour. I could make it worse. I'll step back. I'll, you know, maybe I'll just give them space. Um, if we sort of write it off, but if we, we just leave them to it, that, that will that will help. Um, and actually you need to step forwards um, and step into that space. And they may ask you to leave them alone. They ask you to back off. That's fine. You can also say doors always open, just making the offer, you know, it's yeah. from here. Um, because it is very difficult for people to acknowledge that. I've, I've got someone I can think of now who, who 
would not accept that there's a mental health issue at all and would find it um, very offensive if I was to suggest it. But actually the, the levels of stress um, coming off that person are very indicative that it's, um, you know, there's someone who's somewhat older and therefore mental health really just wouldn't. It's not part of their vocabulary. Yeah. No, no. And that's really heartbreaking because actually it could make their life so much easier. Um, and yeah, maybe not me. It doesn't really matter, but just someone to, to have those conversations yeah. with and realise that, you know, they're... But you highlighted something um, a couple of minutes ago when you said this, it's like somebody will dismiss what is a probable cause of their stress. Mm. And it could be paying back a loan, worried about their job, problems with their family. But they're yeah, just like, absolutely. no, I've always had this. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. maybe eventually it started to wear you out. Yeah, you know? absolutely, absolutely. It's... Because I do maybe... think, God, please carry on. I was just going to say, maybe actually, um, so say say I'd fallen out with my mother, or I had a, I have a very good relationship with my mother, but <laughs> say, say that we've had an ongoing poor relationship, and I, I didn't see that as a problem because I've dealt with that for um, 20 years. In fact, I can give a very good example. I used to drag my husband around, you know, with, with sort of, we need to listen to men from Mars and women from Venus, you know, we're going to survive marriage, we're going we're gonna to make it. You're going to be happily married whether you like it or not. We're going to be happy, we're going to be happy. <laughs> Have, to my mind, no mental baggage. I'm divorced from my my thirties. It was very amicable. It was just, you know, they'd gone in different directions, and the time had come to accept it. Um, and we had done some sort of, you know, the alpha marriage course, mainly because it was offered to us as a freebie. Yeah. They wanted us to, to do something for it. anyway, um, and that was fine. And then we found ourselves. Um, There'd been, there'd been another issue in our life, and I was quite concerned. So I said, Do you know what? Let's just go and see an MOT for our marriage. Let's go see a counsellor. And in my head, I'm like, He needs to have some talks. You know, he's not a very, very chatty husband, um, and, but, you know, a quiet person. He's a lovely guy, but quite, quite reserved. And I was like, We're going we're gonna to get a few things out on the table, and it's, he's going to realise that all these other opportunities and, you know, whatever. And the interesting thing was in session five, um, it came out that there's nothing wrong with my husband. It's me, <laughs> and I carry around. Um, and I, it was it was one of those classic moments where I was cheerful and bright, and and then burst into tears and had no idea it was coming. When she commented that, do you think because your parents were happy and then divorced that you are worried because you have a happy marriage yeah. and you fear yeah. that you can't see it's going to break down? That had never occurred to me before. And all of a sudden I felt like, and now I'm completely, you know, what will be in our marriage will be. I, I'm yeah. just naturally a bit of a stoic and that, that, that's, I'm fine with that now. But until someone had actually pulled that apart and pointed it out, held up a mirror and said, you haven't seen that your greatest fear is that you're actually happy and that worries you because your parents were happy. And I was just like, wow, okay. Now you mention it, so obvious, so obvious. Um, but that was a burden that had been in the back of my head for a lifetime yeah many relationship and and carried into my my marriage and i'm so glad i went to see someone and have that conversation because my poor husband doesn't get beaten around the head with this is how we can make it better <laughs> that's it <laughs> your husband is out now actually allowed to be happy in his own way <laughs> and even if he's not happy sometimes it's still okay <laughs> you're happy for his unhappiness well, I'm happy if he's happy, happy if you're unhappy. 
but that is, but that's, you know, but that's a really good example. It's an amazing example. Thank you very much for sharing that. Is because you were so happy that your marriage was going well that you just like, well, how do I make it carry on? Because yeah. you've seen your parents who were happily married and amicably got divorced. Yeah. And you're like, and you, there's a kind of, I don't, I don't want to say paranoia in the wrong context. Yeah, go ahead. It's, but there's yeah. this subconscious paranoia that, right, you have to make this, you're happy, you've got a great marriage and you're happy, right, you've got to make sure this works. You know, and, and that's how the mind works. That is how we're programmed in so many different ways. And Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, these things can come through various relationships and until somebody else like pulls it apart and sort of tweezes it out, so to speak, you don't see it. And you're like, oh, my God. I, you know, like you and I were talking earlier when my sessions with Caroline. Caroline mm. was talking about my procrastinations and trying to tick boxes all the time. And it's just like, well, just no, just have what the fuck box. The outcome is not important. Oh, yeah, right. absolutely. <laughs> and yeah. now I did a podcast. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but it, it came from... I'd never realized in all of those years just how I just stopped myself from doing so many things that I wanted to do, trip myself up because I was always trying to have everything in the right order, in the right way, with the right color at the right time. You know, it's just like under the right horoscope sign that it was just so yeah. many, it was an impossible list. But, and until that was pointed out to me, I never saw it. I couldn't see it. And yeah. and I couldn't see the amount of stress that that was causing me. Yeah, no, I think I'd see that's a very valid point. And I think actually, I'm a big fan of um, Baz Luhrmann's uh, the, ice, you know, the Sunscreen song. Yeah, um, yeah. And in it, it says, um, every day we need to do something that scares us up, scares, scares us a little bit. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. such a valid point because actually, in life, it's very easy to get sort of cozy on on something, and it's it you know whatever our our, our physical or mental health is, we we sort of sort of you know I've, I've got this, this is okay. And in fact, I think Caroline talked about it with you. That sort of you know um, what did she say? Change being the new normal. Yes. Um, yes. Along those lines, and that that sort of necessity actually to keep pushing yourself because actually it's very when you leave childhood, you don't have anyone that challenges you really anymore to push yourself beyond what you're doing and it's very easy to lose confidence or you know to take a comment that someone made and, and you know worry about it and then make it personal and actually um for all of our mental health it's really there's a lovely lady who does um lots of, sort of adventure um sort of co-steering and things like to, to to overcome anxiety and it's that concept of pushing yourself and proving that you can do it and it's going yeah. to be all right and what is the worst thing that can happen you know yeah, had, a, had the podcast been a disaster, you could have just deleted it, you know, we've done another one, or perhaps my us, or, yeah. you know, you would have been, as you say, you find something that's really fun and invigorates you and that you, you really enjoy doing. How brilliant is that? You yeah. took a risk, it paid off. You know, you might take another one, you might go, actually, I don't want to do co-steering ever again, but, you know, yeah. you live and learn. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, isn't it? Because I took a risk to do something that I would enjoy. Yeah. And when Absolutely. you word it like that, it sounds like the most ridiculous thing going. That so what the worst case scenario is, you were going to enjoy it. Oh, I don't know if I can do this. 
Have you ever seen a Tim Ferriss um, video where he talks about, um, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll post you the link to put mm. up. Uh, it's, it's lovely. He, he, he um, as a young man, um, experiences an awful lot of suicidal thought. Um, and I'm worried Is that the one saying, where he talks about his, the library book got sent to his home address and his mum rang him? No, it's it's about him going over to London and he writes a list about, well, what's the worst that could happen? You know, he could miss a, a tax letter. He's looking at folding up his business. That was and, in and the four-hour work week, wasn't it? It could have been. I didn't read the book. I just saw a, a YouTube snippet because um, mm. it was something to do with stoicism. Um, yeah. And I was yeah. researching that at the time. Um, and he then goes on to give this example. So the very worst you know, scenario, were he to have a, an episode, he would go somewhere sunny um, and he would send a letter to the IRS you know, about his tax returns for his business. And actually all that he could win, the, the flip side of that, he sort of does an analysis of the, almost a pros and cons, but he has a different way of laying it out, what could happen in his life. And it's really interesting that you know, so often we feel overwhelmed by challenges, um, even quite small ones. Um, yeah. And actually, the, the the opportunities that can come out, and this is where again I think COVID's got a lot to answer for. But hopefully, we will remember what it is like to have that interaction with people. Because my mum's got this great saying about you know there's there's a light light behind every door, and you just simply need to keep on knocking on doors. And it may not be that first one that gives you the answer you're looking for, but it it presents a you know I'm having this lovely chat with you because I had a lovely chat with Lindsay. Yeah. Um. All of it was because I happened to be. Um, at a local thing once, you know, a year and a half ago where she was doing a talk on something. And it's it's funny because that day I did manage to make time and I did go out. I am now sitting here talking to you about something I feel passionate about. And um, Absolutely. how great is that? And it is all about just that, that sort of pushing on the next door. Which would never have happened if I didn't start a podcast. Exactly, exactly. You took a risk, I took a risk. Yeah. Um, and it just, it it's... For, for those though with a very severe mental illness, I mean that's a, a very big step to take. But it's 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 all about you know that that space, that moving forwards, and just having hope. And hope is really key to it all. It is. Hope and that's a very good place to get close to finishing up. But one of the things I wanted to mention is because you, you and I, obviously, as we've been talking, have both come from places of stress, and there's different degrees, varying degrees for everybody. And, you know, there's no one fix for everybody. Everybody mm -hmm. comes from a different place. But we are living examples of times when they were very different. And it's like, no, no, we found a way, we figured a way out. We, we maintained hope when there wasn't any. And yeah. it's, so for anybody who is listening to this, that's probably the most important message from it. It's we actually, you know, yourself and the work you do, you, you understand that today is not the, not the day f for analyzing dreams, initiatives and positive thinking. No, no, no. We understand that. We know that you're in a dark place. And today is about just hold on to some hope and, and, yeah. and see where that yeah. takes you for tomorrow. Absolutely. And reach out, reach out to anyone and everyone um, and let it be known that actually if, you, if you're if you struggling to find that hope, that they need to come alongside you and, and give you that hope. Um, 
and get you know get go to a doctor and then insist on on there being a proper um, because that doctor may be rushed or busy at the moment or may not understand because it's a zoom connection um, but it is really important and and you're worth it so you know it's it's so important to make that step forwards and um, get that support because it just doesn't need to be that bad um, there's so much so much beauty and opportunity out there so, there is there definitely yeah is. absolutely and that's a great place to... my name's william for today yes so yeah for williams <laughs> i'm julia davis most of the time not william but you know for today this is it for anyone watching on youtube it's it's julia not william yep probably should have said that right at the beginning but um yeah. that's what happens when your computer's I, been reprogrammed by a nine-year-old <laughs> I, I think most of my listeners are on audio so it'll be fine okay but, well that's all right then that was great thank you lovely Thank you very much. You're welcome. So please check out the description for links to Julia, to Caroline Kavanagh, which is the blog that was mentioned, and of course for myself. And as always, it's always appreciated if you like, subscribe, or just be pleasant with your comments. Take care.